listening to the You Are a Lawyer podcast. I am the podcast host, Kyla Denanio, a 2015 law school graduate. This podcast was created to share the experiences and successes of law school graduates who created their own paths to career success. In episode three, I'm speaking with an executive business partner and lawyer. Today's guest works on nationwide projects related to building compliance and regulations with the International Code Council, a nonprofit organization that provides safety solutions through training, accreditation, and product evaluation. Based in Birmingham, Alabama, today's guest is Ashley Roy. So welcome to the podcast, Ashley. Hi, thank you for having me. So would you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Yes. So I am an attorney, but I also work in a non-traditional legal role as an executive business partner. I work for this company called the International Code Council. A little bit about me, I'm from Birmingham, Alabama, born and raised, went to the University of Alabama for undergraduate And I went to law school at Sanford University Cumberland School of Law. I enjoy just spending time with family, traveling, getting to explore life as it is. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So the International Code Council is a nonprofit association that provides safety solutions through training, accreditation, product evaluation. Okay. I am going to have you explain exactly what that means. When you first contacted me, I was like, International Code? Coding? Like... STEM? Yeah, I was like, wait, 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 coding like railroad lines? <laughs> <laughs> Not even close. I was like, okay, what exactly? Are you in the construction industry? Yes. So essentially what the International Code Council is, you're spot on, it's a nonprofit. So we are the official organization that writes and implements building codes. So any building, whether it's a hospital, whether it's a hotel or anything, has to build their building based on building codes. And so what we do is we write the model codes. If we're talking legally, like it's the UCC for contracts. So kind Mm -hmm. of the standard of how it should go. And jurisdiction, municipalities, and different governmental entities will basically adopt our, our codes and basically say like, hey, this is the standard, follow it. And so there's an issue, you know, with whether it's a construction issue, either with a natural disaster or something, then you refer to the ICC building codes as a means of, okay, this is basically the law of what our state follows. And so pretty much different, you know, engineers, architects, building departments all implement and use our building codes. And then we also offer different services for members, including like accreditation, certification, training, continuing education courses, professional development, as well as opportunity to network and meet with other different individuals in this industry. So, you know, with any sort of professional organization, it's a nonprofit and it's an organization, but it's also a business. Yeah. So are there attorneys that are barred in every state? So we have a general counsel and then a corporate counsel. And so for people that don't know, there's not really much of a difference. The general counsel is pretty much your head attorney that's on payroll. And for us, it's a woman. And what she does is she's basically the go-to person when anybody in a company has a question about anything legal related. So it could be just something concerning us wanting to do a partnership with a company or things that we're currently dealing with, looking at our bylaws and then just making sure the company, you know, isn't doing anything wrong with the shelter in place orders. And then we also have a corporate counsel, which is pretty much the same thing, but he more so works on the legal affairs aspect of it. So right now we're looking at some of these federal programs that they're trying to initiate, like the CARES Act. And so we're seeing how can we get our building officials and departments, you know, how can we get them to get funding in those areas? And so We have those, but then what I've learned just even being here is that there are a lot of attorneys that work just within the organization. 
primarily in our government relations department. There's a couple of attorneys that did policy in different legislative matters at either law firms or as a lobbyist or so forth, and they are working here now. With our general counsel, she works with the outside counsel. If there's a lawsuit or something, we refer to them. Okay. So when you were in law school, did you have this career in mind? Not necessarily. Well, yes and no. When I was a 1L, I really wanted to be in-house. And so that was always sort of one of my first in mind. Ooh, this is what I want to do when I graduate law school. When I was in law school, I clerked for a couple of law firms in the summertime. And I enjoyed the work. I enjoyed the experience of learning as far as I didn't really know what being a lawyer was like because I didn't have lawyers in my family growing up. And so I went through those processes, but I just knew I didn't enjoy the work as much. And so... I knew I wanted something where I could be busy, where I could always have a constant change in my day, where I wanted something where it was like, there was a lot of movement. And so working in-house is kind of hard to get on that career path when you graduate, just because they typically want you to have seven to 10 years Mm -hmm. or more of experience. And it's hard because there's only one. Typically, they want you to go to a firm first. And so I was interested in going this path, but I always knew it might not be likely. Coming upon this job, it's not a general counsel position, but is pretty much close to it because I work almost hand in hand with the attorney because on any sort of board decisions, meetings with the senior management team, I'm there and so is she. And so a lot of our decisions involve legal questions that require somebody using your legal mind a lot. Yeah. It's always important to be in the room when big decisions are made, even if you're just listening. And that has been sort of me soaking up so much and observing, making note of the things, the way that they go about decisions. And I've just been appreciating it so much because there was so much I just didn't know about one, being an attorney, but even two, just being in business, which is the focal point of any profession, even being an attorney. Business has to run for you to make money. And so being able to hear the thoughts and just absorb all of this is so critical. And like even seeing the general counsel operate firsthand has been helpful because it's a hard job. You have to be on your P's and Q's of knowing this thing and being aware of this statute and this law and how to proceed because at the end of the day, people are looking to you to make sure we don't get sued or break the law. Yeah. And you have to make those quick decisions and trust it. Right. You know, one thing that they tell you in law school in general with your clients is you have to make sure you're conveying the information correctly, but also to a way that they can understand it. So that's great. So we kind of touched on this, but I just want a little bit more detail. Mm -hmm. As the business partner, what type of projects do you oversee? Are you writing memos? Are you researching? It just depends. I kind of get tossed into things or get asked, or I just have to kind of say, you know, hey, this is something I might be interested in. And so one of the projects I've worked on right now is working with the government relations department on putting together letters to send out to different governmental officials requesting that they consider different building departments and safety individuals as essential services. So putting together different, you know, language in there, trying to basically make your case like you would in a brief. And I've also been working with the senior team on different things as far as making a decision about what programs should we keep in place or what programs should we cancel because we don't know what the magnitude of this pandemic is going to entail. And so part of that is making decisions based on financial obligations as far as contracts that have been in place. And then also that might be doing research or calling these hotels or things and seeing like, what are your plans right now as far as honoring contracts that have already been in place, making sure we're operating within the bylaws that also have to be operating within the scope of the state of California, which is where we're incorporated. And so California has its own laws that pertain to emergency situations. 
like I said earlier, it's a non-traditional role, but it entails so much legal, especially right now with the pandemic, all types of legal things, contracts, federal aid and everything. It's a lot. Those are some of the projects I've been working on. So when I was in Louisiana, I remember our apartment complex didn't have an elevator because they said a building had to be four or more stories to have an elevator. And we only had three. But I never considered there being one place that writes guidelines for that. Like, this is just blowing my mind that the ICC even exists. Mine too. I mean, you know, when I initially even like considered this job, it was a posting on our law school's career website. And so I just looked it up. And at the time I was just focusing on the position, not really focusing as much on what this organization is. And so as I started reading, I'm like, oh, wow, this is interesting. And then as I've been here, I've realized and that it's so much that goes into as far as the industry of making sure people are operating within these codes. Like you said, an elevator not being in an apartment complex or when a natural disaster happens, how that affects, okay, lawsuits or even just, Mm -hmm. you know, keeping the sustainability of a different house or something. And so they're humble about like, we're in the background, but you need us. Like, (laughs) yeah, we're like, everybody kind of is affected by it. And so I am glad that I'm, I'm getting the opportunity to educate myself on, but I'm also wanting to spread that awareness to other people as far as I have a lot of friends I went to school with that have engineering backgrounds. And so just telling them, hey, this is something you can get involved in because it's a lot of opportunity. I think one thing that I just love about the legal field is you can see the many ways in which you can grow in your leadership. That's something that's always been pushed on students, even in law school. And so I think that needs to be seen even in this industry. Yeah, it does. Absolutely. As the executive business partner, is this a JD preferred role? It is, yes. Okay. So as a child, you wanted to attend law school. Was law school everything that you expected? I would say no. You know, you hear about the stories of, oh, it's always competitive. I went in knowing it was going to be a difficult thing, but I was not expecting the things that I would gain out of it. Thinking like a lawyer. The ways in which I would train myself up to be a leader and to use my voice and advocate. And even just the relationships and the opportunities I received out of it, there's no way I would have gotten those without attending law school. Yeah, absolutely. I know you've mentioned that you learned how to advocate, learned a little bit more about discipline and the importance of planning and executing. But is there one thing specifically that you think you learned from law school? It's hard to say one. I'm going to do 1.5 or like two of them. <laughs> okay. The main one I would say is just grit to keep going. I think when you go to law school, you just get thick skin of like, oh, I can deal with anything. Yeah. I have my breakdown days and then I go to class and keep it moving. You know, so it's- You I can break down, but you still got to go to class. You still got to right. read the notes. You still got to write your outline. I have your glass of wine or your bottle of wine and then just get back to it. And get back to it. Yeah. It's got to get done. So yeah, you just, it's like that level of going through law school. You grind every day, going to class, studying, taking notes, preparing, taking finals. The grind every day was, it was always a grind. And then the bar exam, that is a whole nother grind. And so just that will to keep going and doing it, you know, just another experience was being president of the Black Law Students Association. During my tenure there, I enjoyed being in that position so much because one, I wanted to help be a mentor because I remember when I first came into law school, I didn't really feel like I had that nurturing, okay, let me help you out. Do you need this? Cool. I don't feel like I had that sort of village around me. One, not knowing how to do law school, but two, you just feel like that wasn't there. And so I wanted to make sure they felt that fostering of, if you need anything, 
I'm here for you. Sometimes the Black Law Student Association gets kind of pushed aside as just a minority organization. No, like, you know, this is home for us, you know, be over an organization, make decisions that were in the best interest of, of the organization. That translated over to being in this role, having to deal with different personalities and board members and having to just really try to meet the needs of your members. BALSA, or like you're saying, the Black Law Student Association, is so important. I attended Southern University Law School, which is a HBCU law school, but it was still so amazing to see all the activities that they would put on for the students, even though we were in an HBCU, mm-hmm. you know, so you're already in class watching some of the brightest, smartest people answer questions and they look like you, which right. was amazing, but exactly. then to see how BALSA still had an impact and was still important, even at an HBCU, it was incredible. Right. That is awesome. I think just in the whole experience of being in law school, it's always just good to rely on having that home base of, okay, this is my people. Go out and do all those things as far as like be involved in anything and everything. Law review, journal, you know, court, 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 you know, everything. But just remember, we want you to use those resources and the things that you gain on that outside to help build us up because it's only so many of us in law schools so we got to really just be there for each other because it's hard we all go through stuff because life don't stop while you're in law school as much as we try to think (laughs) saying you know oh no I can't go or like I gotta study things still happen people still need us yeah so originally you attended law school so that you could impact the justice system yes Is this why you joined the Ethics Committee for the Children's Hospital of Alabama? Partially, yeah. I didn't mind trying new things and just putting myself out there. Part of that was that I wanted to work with seeing what it's like in a hospital. But it was also kind of, it reminded me of being a general counsel. And so just wanted to get that feel of sitting on a board or like hearing different people speak on different things. And even working with the Ethics Committee, that translates over to my job now because it's a group of board members having meetings, discussing items, and you're getting input, feedback, suggestions, and so forth off of different people with different minds and different thought processes. So it sounds like you would attend law school if you're given a chance again. Yeah, I would. If I knew what I know now, probably, yeah. It's like when I think, like, ooh, do I really want to? I would. I had a great experience in law school. It's what you make of it. I always thought it was like high school again. It was like, okay, you had this group, you had yeah. this group. And so it, it felt like high school at times, but like some of the traditions, like the Barristers Ball, like those were special moments that only I could have gotten in law school. Grades, you know, all those things, like, yes, they matter at that time. You know, you put so much pressure on yourself to succeed and there's always this competition of trying to do all that. And it's just like, it doesn't matter at the end of the day, you're going to end up where you're supposed to be. And it's just going to all work out. I think I would say, yeah, I would do it again. There's a lot of things I might do differently. Yeah. I would do it again all day, every day. I would probably be a part-time student and work the whole time, Mm -hmm. but I would definitely do it again. I I love law school. It was great. Okay. Contacted me and asked to be a guest on the podcast. I was blown away. (laughs) But what caught your eye and got you excited about the project? Just really, when I saw it on Twitter, I was like, oh, wow, this is something we need in our legal community is to highlight no matter if you didn't pass the bar the first time or didn't take the bar or you just didn't go down that road of being a, in quote, attorney or lawyer, there's always a place for your JD. And so I just wanted to offer my experience because we don't always hear about the people who aren't working as attorneys. Right. Um, your JD, it is a very prestigious thing that will take you places because it's a JD and not everyone has one. And so being able to cultivate a career, not necessarily 
practicing law, but just using those skills you got in law school, critically thinking and analyzing things differently and finding a solution, those will carry you forever. And so being able to use things you learned in law school to make a path that's non-traditional, it's okay. And that's something that at times I struggled with feeling like, okay, will I still be an attorney by way of the bars and pay my dues? Yes, but not necessarily going into the courtroom and doing those things. I almost get more excited when I talk to people and they say, I'm a quote unquote, a recovering attorney or like (laughs) they understand like, hey, Mm -hmm. we all been there. You know, it's just one of those things that our profession is just so diverse and widespread. And I think it's just important that we highlight the JDs that aren't necessarily in the courtroom, but are on the boards and making those type of decisions that run businesses. Because in order for us to even be able to go in a courtroom, you need businesses, you mm-hmm. need people with problems and you need people that want to sue. Sometimes I wonder if I had put myself in a position to say, I don't really want to work at a firm or so, would I have taken the bar? When I took the bar, I took it for my own personal satisfaction. In order for me to fully feel like I did the full circle completion, I needed to take the bar. I don't think that's necessarily the case, but it was just one of those personal things for me. And it felt so good seeing those results, but that's not always everybody's goal. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's not the end of the world if you don't take the bar. I've talked to a lot of attorneys and they say, a lot of them, if you hear their stories sometimes, they've had different career paths. I've heard mm-hmm. attorneys who've gone in-house and gone back to being a private practice, back to in-house, all types of things. You'll see that there's so many of us that don't use our license or didn't go the traditional route and we're having great careers and we still contribute to the legal community altogether. Yeah, absolutely. At the end of the day, no matter whether you're licensed, not licensed, didn't pass the bar, or just have your JD, we're all in the legal field and we can all have the same connections. We were both in that contracts class the first year, like, what is this? So I'm empathize with you because I understand <laughs> we understand each other. We know what it yeah. was like. We're all lawyers. I agree. I would just say there's nothing else that people take away from um, this podcast today. I just want you to know that there's always a place for your JD. Thank you so much, Ashley. Thank you for listening to You Are a Lawyer. Subscribe to the show wherever you find your favorite podcast, including Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. New episodes are released every other Thursday. Leave a comment on our Instagram or Twitter pages. You can find those details in the show description. Feel free to contact me at Kyla at youarealawyer.com. Have a great day.